0: Hey there, whizzes, and welcome back to another another episode of Food Biz Wiz. I've got a question for you. Have you ever planned a holiday campaign for your business or gone to announce a seasonal offering or a big event or gone to promote a sale and found that Instagram is down or that you're blocked on Facebook and you can't post? I mean, there's nothing more infuriating than tackling those social media woes especially when you're trying to promote something that is really time sensitive. I have had this exact thing happen to me several times and I hear about it from my clients all the time as well, that social media is unpredictable. And while it is a great way to connect and warm up your audience, it can be totally time consuming and hard to measure your return on investment. So what do you do instead? We are talking about that today on today's episode where I welcome digital marketing expert, Carly Hackbarth. Keep on listening. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Ali Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. Hey, before we jump in, I wanna make sure that you've grabbed my free retail roadmap, a workbook that outlines my nine steps to building a brand that flies off the shelf. If you're a producer of a packaged product in the food industry, you are going to want this. I'll add it to today's show notes, so make sure you check out that PDF when you're done listening. Thanks. Hey there, Carly. Great to have you on the show today.
1: Hey, Allie. Thanks so
0: much. I'm excited to talk to you. Me too. Okay, so my listeners, you heard it in my intro. Social media is unpredictable. I love it. I love social media, but it is unpredictable. And we know that we need to connect with our audiences online. So today we are talking about the best way to do that with my friend, Carly Heckbarth. So Carly runs her own content marketing company, focusing on email marketing and social media and photography. And she is here to talk to us today about, you guessed it, email marketing. She is sharing the three most important things to do for your email list, and as someone who, who is a huge advocate for showing up directly in my fans' inboxes, I am thrilled for this episode today. So Carly, welcome to Food Biz Whiz. I'm so excited to have you here, and I'm so excited to talk about email marketing. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you help emerging brands?
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much. I'm excited to talk about email marketing too. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, like Ali said, I'm Carly Hackbarth. Um, for most of my career, I worked with rock stars in the live music world. And I've worked for concert promoters in Chicago, Minneapolis, St. Louis, Iowa City, all over the Midwest. And recently, I resigned at that job that I've had for more, almost eight years to take my freelance business full-time. At that job, I was a part of a very small team that made up the largest independent concert promoter in the country. And we were, in many senses of the word, a small business. And that's where I really found my passion line. Helping a small business thrive in their marketing was what made me excited to come to work each day.
0: I love that, Carly. So I love that you started with the fact that you worked with rock stars. Truly, you did in the, in the, yeah. in the music <laughs> industry.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I love to say that now I work with small business rock stars or entrepreneurs and solopreneurs. <laughs> And just small businesses in general because you wear so many hats and it does feel like you're just doing all the things like a rock star might do.
0: (laughs) I love that connection. That's a great great way to segue into what you do now. And I love that when we were talking and you were, you know, when we were first connecting and we were talking about both being entrepreneurs and starting our own businesses, you and I bonded over the fact that there's so much to do. There's so little time in the day
1: and there's not
0: that much money. as as one starts their business.
1: It's so true. I feel like so many small businesses, that's the thing that unifies everyone, right? It's like, you don't have a huge team or huge resources or tons of money. You're really limited into like what you and maybe a small team can accomplish.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the, one of the big lessons that I learned probably a little bit later than I wanted to in my business, maybe in year two, <laughs> I realized the, the value of marketing and the importance of nurturing my audience and, and really showing up for them time and time again. So I love that that's what, that's what you learned from the music industry and you are helping other small businesses,
1: other emerging businesses do that now. Yeah, totally. And I feel like there's so much to weed through when it comes to marketing, right? There are so many different channels and strategies and tools to use. And so, you know, my passion is to help people really find what works and what makes the biggest impact on their business as far as, you know, making money and converting people and getting sales.
0: I imagine that when you think about that, like where the best return on investment is, you come back to email marketing
1: a lot. Yes, for sure. There's a lot of statistics out there that show different things of, you know, different metrics of email marketing and how it's successful. But one one that I read recently was that your ROI can be what spend $1 and make anywhere from $32 to $42 back on email marketing. And I just think that's so powerful because a lot of times email marketing doesn't cost that much money. So if you're able, you know, to measure it in your time and effort and get that. Effort can be pay off exponentially.
0: Oh, I love that idea. On a, I can't remember. So here, this will this will like uh, reveal a secret that you know I batched these Food Biz whiz <laughs> episodes. So I can't remember <laughs> if I have said this on an aired episode or if it's still in the pipeline. But the way I think about it is. If we magically had this ATM machine where for every dollar we spit it, put in, we got $5 back. I mean, how I would be at that ATM machine all day long. Right. 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 So I love that stat with email marketing, put in a dollar. And what did you say? Get like 30 to $40 back?
1: Yeah. 32 to 42 is, you know, this metric that I read and like 38, maybe being the average. Holy cow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's super powerful. And I think, you know, we'll get into this more, but I think that a lot of people don't feel that email marketing is that successful for them, or maybe they start it and it doesn't immediately kind of give those, those kinds of results. And so hopefully some of the tips I have can help people take it from where they have it to, to that kind of um, impact on their business and profit
0: absolutely and i i think you're spot on there carly where people people feel like and I, and i hope we can talk about this i think it's a great segue but what i hear from my retail ready students and my clients is that they're too small to really focus yeah. on email marketing that they that they've built a list maybe at farmers markets or demos or you know they wherever pop up events they're building a list but then they don't do anything with that yes. list Or they've put a little box on their website saying, "Drop your email address here to stay in touch," and no one drops their email address there. So, if I bet some of these listeners are nodding (laughs) along, right? I I like picturing them like raising their hands wherever they are (laughs) in their kitchens (laughs) and on their on their commutes right now. Um, And I felt that way when I was starting my business as well. It was like, well. Why would I focus on email marketing over some other digital marketing channels? Can we get yes. a start right there? Like, why, why yeah. email marketing?
1: Totally. I think that email marketing kind of gets a bad rap because I think people have a bunch of sort of preconceived notions of why it won't work. The first being that people think that email is spam, right? So many yeah. people you'll hear and say, well, I don't want to spam people. And the reality about email marketing and when people sign up for your list is that they want to hear from you, right? Like if someone's giving you, signing up for your email list, giving you access to their inbox, they want you to email them. And so there's nothing (laughs) spammy about that. (laughs) I'm laughing. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I am laughing Carly because it is, when you say
0: it, it sounds so obvious. Like of course I don't give my email address to people who I don't want to hear from. But if I'm turning over that email address, I'm then expecting
1: something in return, right? That's right. Yeah. And there's obviously things you can do that feel spammy, emailing people too much or, you know, off the topic of what they thought Mm. that they were signing up for on your list. But in reality, you know, but none of that should stop you from starting that communication, emailing people when they've given you permission to be on your list.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So... So the first thing you were saying was, you know, when we, some of the hesitations around email marketing, people get really nervous about it being spam. Um, Mm -hmm. What else?
1: I also think that that social media is a little bit sexier, right? You Mm -hmm. can kind of have this, like, this sounds negative, but like this vanity metric of like, oh, I've gained this many followers. I have this beautiful feed and it's sort of a easier thing maybe to look at like your instagram and say, "Oh, I can see the progress that I've yeah. made on this." Yeah. Where email is a little bit more like you send it out and maybe you don't get as much engagement with your mm-hmm. with your people, the subscribers on your list. And so it doesn't feel like maybe you're making as much of an impact even though, you know, again, back to some other statistics, but people say that up to 60% of of responders say that they use email marketing to make a purchasing decision. And a lot of those statistics, this one included, surrounding email marketing show that people come to an email marketing or an email list to get information to make a purchase, which is not always true for social media, right? There's tons of reasons to follow someone, click that button, have them show up whenever the algorithm decides, but it's not always about purchasing.
0: Uh, That's such a, that's such a key point. And I love thinking about it, that when someone signs up for an email list and then, and then when they actually open that email, they're, Mm -hmm. they're choosing to consume your content and they're choosing to engage in a relationship with you. And in social media, you're just popping into their feed. They didn't choose. I mean, sure. They chose to follow you. Maybe, maybe not. Um, (laughs) And, and it's less, it's less intentional, right? It's a less intentional right. relationship.
1: Right. And so when someone clicks follow, they know that, right? They know that, okay, I might see posts from this person occasionally. Mm-hmm. And if I get annoyed with them, I'll just unfollow yeah. or, you know, I like their images. I don't really know what they're saying to me or what, if they're selling me anything, but their images look pretty, so I'll follow it. Yeah, I was thinking of the example earlier for myself of like Airbnb, like I follow Airbnb on Instagram. And for it's kind of more of a branding thing, but I don't click through the link in their bio to book any of the properties they're buying, right. Right? right? Like they look cool. I like seeing them. I like the places that they're showing, but I've never once clicked no. through their website to book that, that, that property. bungalow
0: in Bali, right? Yeah, like, right.
1: Like I, look, like I want to look at it because it's, like I said, it's like inspiring, but I've never ever clicked through to be like, oh, I'm actually going to stay there. Yeah. So, but yeah,
0: controversially, if like, if air, if I were on Airbnb's list and they sent me top 10 weekend escapes in Northern California, I'm much more likely to click through and 100%, you know, look into the property.
1: Yes, exactly. And so, and you know, that's, you know, that's obviously a bigger company with more capabilities as far as segmentation and other things with the email list, but the, but the themes of social media versus email kind of you know, remain true there, which is, I don't follow them to make a purchase on social media. Yeah, But if they were sending me, you know, relevant content to me on my email, then I would be more likely to buy from them. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And I always remind my Retail Ready students too. And I think that you and I talked about this beforehand, that when, when we, when we have all these followers on social media, we still don't own their contact information and we don't own those leads. So until we get them on our email list, (laughs) if let's just say Instagram disappeared tomorrow or we were blocked from Facebook for the next month, we would have no way to get in touch with those people who say that they love our brand and follow our brand and engage with our brand on social media channels, right?
1: Uh, Totally, that's such a big piece of it. And you know, especially now with, Facebook and Instagram being, you know, the same company and, Mm -hmm. and the changes that are made on Facebook, as far as like pay to play is kind of, you know, starting to happen on Instagram. And so all of those algorithm changes, outages, like you mentioned in the intro, you know, all of that stuff can affect your business if you only build up in on, on those platforms, because you you're exactly right, you don't own that. And when you have an email address, then you kind of not only have a backup, but also just a more direct way to reach people that doesn't rely on any social media or platform.
0: That makes total sense. It doesn't rely on an algorithm choosing to share your promotion with right. a specific audience. You know, you can, right. you can time exactly when to send that email and land it right in their inbox when, right. when it makes the most sense for your business. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you have convinced me. I hope you are convincing our (laughs) listeners. Email, I was going to say email trumps social media. And I I guess I don't even need to say it as that black and white more that, um, we love social media. I love social media. You know, I know that you love social media too, Carly, (laughs) but email marketing is a really important piece of a digital marketing strategy.
1: Yeah. And I like to think of it as a compliment too. You know, you're building this sort of brand, you're communicating with fans, but email can be the thing that can help you take it to the next level, create a purchase or just create, you know, a more, a more loyal consumer.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. So before we dive into your three tips on like what to do with this email list, (laughs) can I ask one more question that, that I alluded to at the beginning? Why does it, or I should say, does it matter how big my list is? Say I'm an emerging brand. I've been around for a couple months. I have a few dozen people on my email Mm -hmm. list. Should I start doing something with my list or should I wait until I have more names on there?
1: For sure. So this is actually segue perfectly into my number one tip, which is, don't stress about the number of subscribers that you have (laughs) because you you hit the nail on the head there. (laughs) But I think that because the ROI can be so strong and because people have given you this opportunity to be in their inbox, you should take advantage of that. And maybe it is 12 people, but let's say that you convert half of those people and that's six sales, you know, for the initial email that you're able to send. That still can be impactful for your business and can help create a repeat customer based on you know them being on your list, buying your products, interacting with you, enjoying it, and then continuing to be on a list. So I think that focusing on the number is sort of like... It kind of goes back to social media too, right? Mm-hmm. When you kind of focus on growing that following, you should be looking more at how is that converting into sales for you? And how are you able to build loyalty in that list? So let's Mm -hmm. say there's 12 people, then maybe you can take the time and be more personal with it and say, Hey, I saw you signed up for this list. You know, I wanted to introduce myself. Do you have any questions about our product? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is there anything I can answer for you? Here's a little bit more about our story and, and start really small, you know, and make it really a customer service focus entity with those 12 people. That's, um, yeah.
0: That's such a smart tip because I think one of the, one of the things that we forget is when we are an emerging brand, when we're a small mm-hmm. business, we can still behave like a small business. Yes. and we can, <laughs> we can really nurture those leads and create those relationships and develop that fan base it, that is, who is so, so loyal that, yes, truthfully as, as we grow our businesses and as we scale, like those personal touches just aren't as they're not as realistic and they're, they're not as scalable. Right. right? So if you've got 12 people on your list, (laughs) might as well be, you know,
1: nurturing them in such a personal way. That's a great. Yes. Yeah. And even encouraging them to respond to you. Right. Again, like I said earlier, so many times when you send out email marketing messages, it can feel like you're just kind of like shooting a cannon in the dark. Like, I don't know what's out there. (laughs) I don't know if I hit anybody. I don't know if anyone's listening. And so, you know, as you're starting out, encourage people to respond or to participate beyond just a click through and an open rate. I do that.
0: Yeah. I do that all the time. I I'm always encouraging people to respond and you know, I read every single response yeah. and as someone who still has a small email list, I get so
1: fired up when people right. respond to me, Right? <laughs> it's like no, it, 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 makes it's, it, it makes it feel <laughs> worth it. Right. Right. And yeah. that, I think that is, and that is like, as we are talking about starting out and what people struggle with, I do think that people struggle with feeling like it's worth it because you are out there all alone and yeah. maybe you get a click, but you don't get a purchase or maybe you get an open, but you don't get a click. And so you're just like, what am I doing? What's wrong with, you No, like, what what is happening here? And it might be that, you know, if you're looking at the size of your, of your audience, like maybe you could make it more personal and sort of have more of those touches that make mm-hmm. it feel like, hey, I am just this entrepreneur behind the screen, um, sending email marketing <laughs> messages out. And you know, another important thing there is I, I think sometimes we take for granted that consumers maybe don't see those parts of it. If you're not showing someone, Hey, here I am. This is my business. I started it. They may think this is like some giant email list with, yeah. you know, yeah. a whole team behind it. And, and thousands of people subscribe, like, you know, they don't, they don't have that, that sense all the time of yeah. what size of a business you are. And so it can be nice to remind people, Hey, this is just me. I'm, you know totally, <laughs> totally. i'm the, i'm the man behind the curtain here <laughs> doing exactly <all>
0: these things. <laughs> exactly i'm like it's just me i am writing all the emails yeah. i
1: you know what i actually included
0: you i'm i'm going to share my secrets now um uh, <laughs> i included my photo in my signature and i mm-hmm. swear that just doing that has increased the response rate because people are like, Oh, Allie is a person like it is Allie behind (laughs) these, these weekly emails.
1: Yes. But I think that's such an important touch. And again, as you mentioned, you know, that maybe not be the strategy for the eternity of your business, but no one is going to go back and be like, did you know that five years ago, Allie sent out these personalized emails with her photo in (laughs) them?" And that's another thing, you know, that is different from social media, right? Like unless someone subscribes to your email list from day one and sees the changes happen, you know, you can reinvent the wheel when you feel like it's time to yeah. talk to a different audience or look a different way or, you know, operate in a new manner. But as you're starting out, it's, I don't think it's ever a bad thing to make it really personal.
0: Yeah, that's such, a, that's such a great reminder. Okay, so tip number one was to not stress the numbers
1: and not stress the small stuff in your email setup, right? Yep. Exactly. I, yeah, I think focusing on the people that you do have and how you can make an effective sale or continue to, you know, nurture that interest in your brand is the most important part when you're starting out, especially.
0: Mm, Yeah, that makes total sense. And I like the idea of, I'm trying to think about how this relates to my own business. And I'm like, Mm. I... I'm going to send out my weekly email, no matter how many people are opening it. Like I'm going to send it out no matter how many people are clicking on the link inside. And so I, by and large, I have stopped looking at, I have stopped trying to like, um, fine tune the subject lines and Mm -hmm. fine tune like how I, how and like where in the body I put the links because that, that stuff, like let's say I increase my, cl- my open rate from 45 to 50%, like mm-hmm. that is not moving the dial in my business. Right. What's moving the dial in my business is getting an email out every single week. Right. Yeah. No,
1: totally. And I think consistency is huge. And I think that it can be so easy to sweat the small stuff when it comes to how the email actually looks. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you can get so distracted. It's almost like when you're building your website too, right? I think a lot of people, um, entrepreneurs, small businesses, emerging brands, struggle with this. My website needs to be perfect before I can publish it. Or my email needs to be the perfect design before I send it out. And, you know, it needs to be the optimum time of day and have the right (laughs) buttons and do all these things. And it's like starting these things is way more important than making them perfect. And I really believe that with a website and especially with your email list, that if you can just start getting in the habit, like you said, of sending it every week or month or whatever that looks like for you and your business, that that's way more important than oh I put the link two sentences in instead exactly. of three or I use this header image instead of this or exactly. you know whatever those little details are. Again, you notice those things way more than anyone else does. And I know sure there's, there's <laughs> statistics behind things, but again, when you're talking about you know a smaller number, those statistics can change with so many little. Thing. You know, so many little circumstances that it's hard to like look at the hard data and be like, "Oh, well, this email did better." With exactly, this exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, I
0: I remember when I was first starting my business and I was working on my website and and stuff. My my mom, who like is all about the tough love, was was like, <laughs> "Well, Allie, no one's coming to your website anyway, so it doesn't <laughs> matter if it's perfect." Like. Very true, mom. Yeah, Very.
1: That, that kind of hurts, but it's true.
0: <laughs> it's true, right? Like when you're starting out, yeah. like you don't have to be perfect because you don't have high traffic
1: there anyways. Um,
0: and it will get better over time.
1: Exactly. And there's such thing as optimizing based on you know, stats and user behavior for sure. I'm not trying to discredit. Like you know, if someone's already at that place with their email list, then that's great. But it's more about when you're starting out. So I think the most important thing is simply just start.
0: Oh, Yes. Okay. So that was tip number one. I feel like we covered a lot of stuff already. So let's take a quick pause and we will be back with tip number two and tip number three on what to do with your email list. Instead of having a sponsor for today's episode, I want to give you a freebie, my retail roadmap. This roadmap is essential for anyone launching or growing a packaged food product as it clearly outlines the difference between creating a product line that flies off the retail shelf versus one that just sits there. Find my free retail roadmap linked in today's show notes. You are going to love it. Okay, we're back. And we still have a lot of stuff to talk about. (laughs) So Carly, sweep me straight into tip number two on what I'm going to do with my email list.
1: Awesome. So tip number two is something that maybe people have done already, but I feel that it's worth revisiting, which is enable your website to invite people to subscribe. And what I mean by this is, I think there can be a lot of forms on websites that say, sign up for my email list or click here to add your name to my list or something that's really just broad, you know, and, and those probably aren't going to convince people to sign up. And so I think that this sort of tip is, is twofold and not just put a form on your website because many people have already done that, but really think about what you're offering people on your list and what you can say that describes that list. And so maybe it's you want to give an offer or or a a download or something like that. Those are really popular these days, especially Mm -hmm. with you know um, freelancers or other um, service providers. Like, oh, get my you know tip sheet on. Get my retail
0: retail roadmap on the nine steps of building a brand that flies off the retail shelf.
1: There you (laughs) go. Yes, and those work super well, I think, for um, service providers or, or, you know, course creators like you or, you know, et cetera. But um, for a a product-based brand, I think, you know, a special offer or some kind of insider look, it can also be behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Get a look at what we're, how we, you know, make this product or I'll look at our ingredients or, you know, it can be something that's, that you don't have to offer um, necessarily a a value. Yeah. 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 But just something that's not on your website already, something that, you know, maybe is on your social media, but is kind of buried or, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I think you don't always have to assume that someone that's signing up on your website is from social media or not from social media. So it kind of, it can depend on, you know, what, what you're doing, otherwise in your marketing. But I think the important thing here is to really look at and decide how you want this email marketing piece to fit within your bigger marketing picture. Mm-hmm. And and by not only doing that for yourself, kind of setting yourself up to say, okay, this is what, you know, this is going to be my focus. This is how I'm going to communicate with these fans. And then also, but then also using this form to give people that clear picture. And yeah. so that when yeah. they subscribe, they know what they're subscribing for rather than just, like a pop-up on your website that says "subscribe."
0: Yeah, keep up to date with our brand. Like, why would yeah. I? Why would I want to keep up to date with your brand? I mean, I'm a special person who probably does want right. to, but that <laughs> average consumer doesn't necessarily. That's too vague for them, right? Um, right. And I think this goes back to what you were saying about you know whether or not email marketing is spammy, and right. when you give that that um, potential lead a really clear picture of what they're gonna get when they yeah. put their email address in there, it, it really lessens the, the that spammy relationship.
1: Totally. You know, and how many times do you sign up for an email list and they're like, oh, here's like this coupon. And then they email you like a coupon and then, you know, retarget you and then send mm-hmm. you something else and send you something else. That's when it starts to feel like spam. And yeah. so if you're gonna email someone something like an offer or, you know, some other sort of one time thing, then I think it's great to be like truly one time with that maybe remind them but like not do that same thing over and over and over again and so you know deciding what the content looks like or at least trying to come up with a theme for your email marketing newsletters Mm -hmm. or you know product and maybe it's just product updates maybe you know you've got a bunch of new products coming and so you can say you know sign up to be the first to know about our new products or you know sign up to learn about you know future product launches or you know just something that's a little bit more enticing than sign up <laughs> <laughs> exactly
0: give me your email address
1: yeah um, just give me it <laughs>
0: <laughs> i also think like one of the one of the ways that i encourage retail ready students to think about this is what does their audience ask them about their product right like yeah. maybe it is how do i use heritage breed Chickens. How do I cook with heritage breed <laughs> chickens? So then we want right. to create that lead magnet where someone's entering their email address and they get a 10 page recipe book on cooking yes. with heritage breeds. Something like yes, that. Yes, I think right. like
1: recipes are another great avenue and it's something I've used with other clients before too, where it's like, you know, I'm not like where does this fit on my website? I don't really have a place for this. So that's a perfect thing for your email newsletter, especially if you're not doing a blog. And so and a lot of times the people are struggling with. What should I send? What should I do? I say, you know, pretend like it's a blog. Come up with some content pieces that are kind of fun things that you want to talk about in relationship to yourself as a business owner or your product or your service. And, you know, send it as a personal message that's like, hey, this is something I was thinking about. Or this, I saw this recipe the other day and I thought it would be such a great compliment to our product. Or, and, you know, it doesn't even have to be something you created, you could share a recipe from someone else. You know I mean? Yeah, totally. A little totally. creative here. It does yeah. not need to be like, I'm going to come up with the entire <laughs> content strategy of, of a recipe every month or something. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and one you know, of the You can outsource that, that.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that I
0: think about too is that at least personally, when I open an email, I pretty much take one action on that email. Mm-hmm. So when I get something like a huge newsletter that has a recipe and... Then they ask me to fill out a survey, and then they give me a coupon, and then they yes. invite me to an event, and then they, like, I don't know, yes. ask me to review something on whatever. I don't, I don't do all those things. And, yeah. it, and I, I feel like I want to write back to these brands and say, <laughs> hey there, there's a better right. way. Like, you will have right. more people take action on your content if you actually have fewer things in your emails. Yeah.
1: And space them out, right? Like you're kind of like taking all this content, all your good content can be really good and pushing it all together. And that's you know that's a really good point, which is that like, you know, these messages do not need to be like your life story, you know, journal entry. It can be very simple and to the point, you know, here's the recipe I found. I really enjoyed this, you know, maybe some details about your product and like, that can be it. It doesn't need to be this whole like, yeah.
0: It was up. a big, it was a big mindset shift for me when I realized that I didn't have to send newsletters and instead right. I could send emails. And yeah. so now when I email my list and I'll just say my emails are really fun. So if any of my <laughs> listeners <laughs> are, are fun. <laughs> getting my weekly emails, I, I choose one single topic and I email about it and that's it. Like no fluff. Yeah. Because no yep. one has time to read all of the different things, and I have to tell you like that has been the key for my getting emails out every single week. If I thought yes. I had to include a recipe and a brand <laughs> highlight and a trend I'm watching, <laughs> a right. wholesale tip, I mean right. gosh that would that would take all my best gems, and I would surely <laughs> run out of content really quickly, yes, and
1: I feel like people think that if they include something, they have to do it every time. And yeah. that's just not true, right? Like you can <laughs> do a, a brand highlight or a product highlight and then um, in one email and a recipe in another, or, yeah. you know, you can, if you have different content pieces, here's a back, you know, a story about here's where our brand is at, or here's a founder's, you know, note, or here's this or like I said, there's like, there's so many content pieces you can come up with. And so a good idea is even just to like make a list of those things that you might be interested in doing and then do one, you know, and try it out and mix it up and do different pieces of content. It doesn't need to be the same thing every time. I bet
0: that our listeners, Carly, could sit down and write out 12 things that they wanted to talk about in their email marketing. And then all of a sudden that they have drafted. A year's worth of email content
1: of monthly emails. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I think, and that's you can make it, you know, as as simple and as as straightforward to what you want to communicate, right? And then see what your, you know, your database thinks about that based on you know stats and other things. But you can very much start in a in a way that's personal and and talking about your business and products. This makes so
0: much sense to me. Okay. So we put, we put a form on our website that is essentially, um, outlines our promise to the subscriber, like put your name here and here is what you're going to get. And And if we, if we set that clear expectation with them, we're going to have fewer people who under who unsubscribe and people who are more likely to read those emails in the first place, because we are delivering on the promise that we, that we outlined.
1: Yes. And one other thing I do want to add, one other important distinction that if you can do this, I think is great is to say, sign up for my weekly or a monthly mm-hmm. or give like sort of an expectation yeah. of how often, right? Because again, maybe people do, maybe some people have been burned by bad email marketing. Yes. And they're like, this person's going to email me every single day. Yep. And I don't want to, you know, I would yep. like to learn more about their brand, but I don't want to hear from them every day. Yes. if you're saying, Hey, I send this once a month or once a week. Yeah, and you can say that in your sign up form. I do think then you're going to ease more people, and again, set the expectation of what they're going to receive a little bit clearer. Yeah, I love that. Okay, cool. So we like, cool.
0: We really like lay it all out for them, and so there's no yeah. surprise. <laughs> there's,
1: there's no, no surprise. Yes, there's no surprise. Yes. And so
0: I think I think my question, my next question, is going to lead us into tip number three. But can you talk about? if there is a difference between that initial set of emails they get when they drop their email address into that form on your website and Mm -hmm. the weekly or monthly emails that you are just sending out on the regular, like what does that look like?
1: Sure. So that definitely leads into number three. Um, And it really, the caveat here is it depends on what kind of service you're using for your email many of them now will maybe have the subscriber confirm. I mean, I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. listening has had, you know, signed up for an email list and has had to confirm their email address for that list. Yeah. Um, so there might be something automatic like that, but otherwise, unless you set something up, nothing happens. Yeah. Right. Yep. Maybe they get a confirmation or maybe they get a, you know, but that's it. And so number three, I think this is, as far as my tips today, I think this is the one that you know people maybe have done, number one, number two. like They're like, I'm cool with my subscriber number. I have a form on my website that I feel good about. But number three is the one where I think you can make a big impact. And that is to set up a welcome series. So when someone subscribes on your site, and nothing happens, and then they just get your first email, right? And maybe you send it monthly, and they subscribe on January 2nd and you <laughs> yes. send an email January 1st and then you don't send again until, you know, February 20th. Okay. Yep. So they subscribe January 2nd and they go from January 2nd to February 20th with, you know, no emails from mm-hmm. you. I think that this is super common. I mean, I sign up for emails yep. all the time yep. where I get nothing and sometimes ever, you know, years yeah. of yeah. no yeah. email. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I just think this is one of the biggest missed opportunities when people are setting up an email list, which yeah. is if someone is on your website and they're subscribing they're saying, yes, I'm interested in content and they're not hearing from you for maybe a week or two, maybe, you know, maybe it's only one week, but maybe it's a month or two months or a year or never. Um, that's kind of just like throwing a, a good lead out. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. Really not capitalizing on this opportunity that this customer has given to you. I feel and like so it starts. I, yeah. it, it. I feel like you're. What you're saying is that it starts
0: to erode the trust in the relationship from the very beginning because sure. you like took the leap to put your email address in the box
1: and then you For didn't sure. get any. You didn't get what was expected, which was an email right. back. <laughs> Just an email back, and yep. you know, and I think a personal email back is is a key piece too because the general email saying, Hey, you subscribe. Thanks. Is It's fine, but it's, yep. a, it's not talking about you or your product or your business at all. So and tell so, me what, tell
0: me what that personal email would look like. Cause I know you're not suggesting that that, that founder is on the other end writing <laughs> right. personalized emails right. to everyone, but what, what would a personal email look like? Like what would that welcome sequence look like?
1: For sure. So I think that um, you know, if you're going to do, let's say like bare bones, you want to set something up with this welcome series, but you know, you're just doing this for the first time and you're kind of nervous about it or not sure how to how to complete it, that you should look at maybe three emails. Yep. And what it would be is the first one to come to someone right after they subscribe. And so whatever email client you're using, I don't think I've ever encountered one that does not have this functionality. It might be kind of hidden. You may have to do a little bit of research. Um, but Every email client I've ever used has an opportunity to say, you know, an automatic campaign that is sent to a subscriber when they sign up for your list or confirm their email address on your list.
0: Yes. So if, say for example, someone's using MailChimp, I think a lot of mm -hmm. emerging brands use MailChimp, they would look for an automation series or an automation sequence that they would set up within MailChimp. So it happens... So it all happens automatically, which is so logical,
1: right, right. Which is the other thing that I think is like so impactful about this um, strategy is that you set it up one time and unless you need to make changes or even if you do need to make changes, it's such a simple thing that's, that's automatic for yeah. anyone that subscribes for your list. Yep. To your list. Um, and, and some other, um, if you're not using MailChimp, I've seen some other platforms call this like a drip campaign also, mm-hmm. which can yes. mean different yeah. things, but can also be a drip campaign as a. Welcome series. So the drip starting when someone subscribes, and then you know X, Y, and Z happens.
0: Gotcha. Um, Okay, so the first email that they get is a a welcome email.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yes. Great. And I think this is a great time for a a founder or founders or whoever is sort of you know behind the brand to introduce themselves and say, Mm -hmm. "Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for subscribing. This is who I am. This is the product I created." Um, this is why, you know, this is why it's important to me. Um, thank you for being on this list. And, you know, we're excited to show you more product updates, you know, tips and tricks, what, totally. you know, how, yep. how to use it. What, again, again, outlining those content pieces, but reaffirming to the subscriber that, Hey, you signed up for this, you know, here's what you can expect and making it again, a little bit more personal than maybe your general email.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great. And then what happens?
1: So then if you're, you know, you set this up, it sends automatically. I would totally then recommend doing two more emails that are similar to this. Mm -hmm. And in those emails, again, maybe they can be more product focused. Maybe they can showcase if you have sort of like a signature product that's like, this is our, you know, bestseller. Here's, you know, image of it. Here's some details about it. Yep. Um, And then making sure, obviously, you include a link to purchase. Yep. Um, And doing something like that, you know, again, for the next two emails. But I think it's important to set these up as a welcome email and not just a general email because of the timeliness of when this person has signed up for your mm-hmm, list. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you're sending that monthly sort of catch all newsletter or quick up or weekly quick update, that person may be missing some vital information about who you and your business are. Yes. And so I think that. Setting up that welcome series to introduce each new subscriber to not only your list, but also your brand in a more sort of like meeting them where they are, instead of assuming that they have the same information that a subscriber who's been on your list for a year may have. Right. And so when right. you're sending, you know, your regular monthly or weekly updates, you may not be sort of meeting that new subscriber where they're at with information about your brand. And so I think it's really great to welcome them to the list. Give them that background about, you know, who you are, who your products are. So then when they're introduced to the regular content, they're kind of just like right back up to speed with what's yep. going on. Yep. And what do you, how do you, um, how should
0: I say this? Um, what is the timeline or the like wait time in between those three emails?
1: So I would recommend that the first email go out right when someone subscribes, right? Yep. Like bam, yep. in your yep. inbox, you instant. To go back and it's instant. Yep. Um, The next one, I would say, wait a day or two, and yep. the same for the third. So yeah. I would say send all three emails within a week rather yeah. than waiting. Yeah, that's and what again I, I.
0: Yeah, no, I was going to say that's what I do too in yeah. in my welcome sequence. Again, like if someone downloads the retail roadmap, if you guys right. want to see this in action, I will link it in the show <laughs> notes. But it's the same thing. They'll get four emails over the series mm-hmm. of a week, and mm-hmm. I always set the expectation with. Um, you know, tomorrow you'll hear right. more about why I started my consulting business, or like, yeah. You know, the story will be continued. I don't know exactly what I say, but you know, <laughs> the, to be continued. You know, in in forty eight hours when I share my number one tip for blah blah blah. Um, yeah. and I think that 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 has been really helpful because it it almost encourages my subscribers to look out for that next email and to be excited about that next email.
1: Right. It's all about setting that expectation. It's the same as with your um, sign up form saying, expect my weekly email. Oh, okay. I'll get this once a week. And then when they get it the first week, they know it's coming again. And so I think that's a really great um, tip for other people to implement as well, which is, you know, like in those emails, you can say the next one will be in your inbox in one or two days, you know, depending on how you have it all set up. Because that's, you know, it's a great way to set the expectation.
0: I also, yeah. And I think it's really important, at least, at least in, with my business model, I don't want people to think that I will email them every single day for the rest yes. of our relationship. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you have signed up, you will get a, a short series of emails over the next week, and then we will move to that weekly relationship. Right, right. Um, no, I don't want someone to so... be, you know, 48 hours in and they've received three emails and they're like. Oh God, what have I gotten myself into here?
1: <laughs> but it's true. I am I've signed up for email lists where they've done that, right? And you're like, Oh, they can't possibly email me every day. And then you check back and it's like, Oh no, they're emailing me every single yeah. day about, you know, their offerings. And and that may turn people off. So I think that's it, it goes back to the exact same strategy, which is to set the expectation for how often it's gonna appear. And like you said, make it clear that this is not how you roll every other day of the year.
0: Exactly. I don't have time for that and neither do yeah. you guys. So neither
1: do you. Exactly.
0: Carly, I exactly. feel like you've you've given us so many good tips here. Can we recap the, the three main tips that we've covered today?
1: Yes, absolutely. So number one, don't stress over your number of subscribers and really see the value in, in all of them, regardless of how many there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, enable your website to invite people to subscribe with a form that's yeah. really clear about what you're offering and how often you're going to send it. And number three, set up an automated welcome series to introduce people to your list um, right when they sign up so that they, when they receive the regular email messages, they're up to speed and they're fully informed on your brand. Oh yes.
0: I love this. I love the three actionable tips. I feel like I have, I've, I don't know if you could hear me. I was scrambling and taking notes as you were talking because it, there was so much great content in there. So this is going to lead me to a question. Carly, do you have an email list and how do people find it if they want to stay in touch with you?
1: Yes, I do have an email list. Um, it's tied to a blog on my website um, where I give you know more tips on social media, photography, email marketing, um, my website where you can find all those things. And my Instagram is Carly A Hackbarth, which is H-A-C-K-B-A-R-T-H.com.
0: Awesome. So I will link all of that in our show notes. And I have to say, Carly, thank you so much for joining us. I I loved having you on the show today. And I feel like you just provided so much knowledge to my listeners. Thank you for joining. thank Thank you. Okay, my whizzes, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it inspiring. I cannot wait to implement some of Carly's tips for myself. And I want to see you guys do the same. So consider this your official invite. Come on over to the Food Biz Facebook group and drop your list sign up link. I would love to see your landing page and I want to join your list. And I want to see your welcome series. So please join us and look out for the prompt asking for your signup page posted in our group this week. So you can find the Food Biz Wiz Facebook group linked in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com. I cannot wait to see what you put in place and I can't wait to follow along with your brand. So as always, thank you for listening and I will see you next week. Until then, stay busy. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's foodbizwiz.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.